The Beer EDU Podcast, Episode 97, Leadership with Darren Peppard. Welcome to the Beer EDU Podcast, the podcast for educators that love to learn and share ideas with fellow educators over beers, with your hosts, Kyle Anderson and Ben Dixon. Hey, Kyle. How are you, my friend? Doing all right. It's, it's been a while. <laughs> it has been a while. We, we were mentioning this before we hit record that we had episodes come out, but we recorded those a while ago. Yes. And you and I, not only have we not recorded a while, but we just haven't talked much lately because, there's been well, some stuff going on, you know, <laughs> there it's, there's been some stuff and there's some things going on out there. So absolutely. But Hey, here we are. We yes. are here for another episode of the beer EDU podcast. It is episode zero nine seven. Yes, that's right. So creeping up to that yep. triple digit here yep. pretty soon. Going to hit the century mark soon. Absolutely. So I guess if you're a first-time listener, you're probably wondering, who are these guys? So yeah. I'll go. I'm Kyle Anderson. I am a special education teacher. You can find me on Twitter at Anderson EdTech. Same thing with the Instagram, my blog, AndersonEdTech.net. And then my book, To the Edge, Successes and Failures Through Risk-Taking, available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and through my publisher, Edumatch Publishing. And you, my friend, you are... I am Ben Dixon. I am a principal. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at bdixonnv. And if this is the Beer EDU podcast, uh, we're going to be talking about education, but we're also going to talk about beer and have a beer. So Kyle, what do you got? Uh, I got something relatively light that I thought I had never had before, but then when I checked it in on Untapped, I had it about four years ago. But I have the Modern Times Fruitlands Goza. So 4.8% ABV, 17 IBU, it's sour. This one, you definitely get the salt on it, mm -hmm. which is really nice. Sometimes you get those gozes, that they're just not that salty. Yep. And you've got like tropical sour, you've got guava. It, it's delicious. It's it's good stuff. Real nice and light. Um, I'm hold, If I hold it up into the camera for anybody watching live, just a real nice color to it, yep. like an orangish color. So no, good stuff. So my wife found it at Trader Joe's one day and... Uh, here I am. I, you know, and that's one I've had, and I'd have to say it's been a while for me as well. So no, I, I that's a that's a good one that I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to go find that one. Yeah, for sure. So, and you went with something <laughs> relatively light as well. I did, I did, and little did I know, and may, and maybe this is in honor of our guest. I went with Colorado Classic. So I have Coors, Coors. I got Coors, but I have Coors Edge. So this is their non-alcoholic. As people who have listened to this show, I've been I've been on this quest to find a really good non-alcoholic beer. And um, uh, so actually in this one, I mean, it's 0.5 ABV. There's no IBUs listed. Um, it tastes like Coors. I mean, I'm not even joking. It I If you gave me this and gave me a regular one, I could not tell the difference. And I don't know what that says about Coors or it says about this beer. <laughs> So, so it, hey, you know what? I'm the same way though with the St. Pauli girl German lager and their yeah. non-elk version. They're, they're pretty much the same beer, in my opinion. So, and I don't know, I, I kind of like the St. Pauli girl one. And and I enjoy regular Coors every now and then. I, and drink a Coors light every now I, and then. I do too. And so I was like, you know, I was looking for something, like I said, non-alcoholic, because I really love the taste of beer. And sometimes on a school night. Um, even if I have one, then I'm asleep at seven. So I'm like, oh, I got to stay up since we're recording this at night. So, uh, yeah, this is what I went with. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I've got a crawler that's been in my fridge for almost two months now that I have not cracked because it is a 14% English style barley wine. And that's 32 ounces of just pure beef. And I know my wife will not share that beer with me. So I'll be drinking that one by myself. Yep. And it is going to knock me out when I finally do crack it. So, no, I 100% understand where you're coming from with that. I have in my fridge, I have it's almost like a, and I don't know what the size is, but it's like a Magnum bottle of a Belgian, uh, it's a Belgian tipple. I believe that's what it is. Uh, if someone gave it to me, I can't open it because I'm like, either someone has to be here with me to drink it or it's not going to end well. So, I'm with you. <laughs> 
So, well, you know, beer you do podcast uh, for those listening out there. This is about mm-hmm. the time you're like, okay, they have a guest, and that yes. guest has beer too. So, and it is no different this time around. So, we have Darren Peppard joining us tonight. Did I did I pronounce that correctly? You got real close. It's peppered, but you got real close. Yeah. Right? Okay. I was just putting a little more emphasis on that second syllable there, Peppard, making it sound wow, that's classy, all good, right? Man. There you go, right on, yeah. Yeah, well, it's cool. late at night, we're having a beer, so there you go, it works. There awesome, well, welcome to the show, and um, because it's Beer EDU, you have a beer that you would like to share with oh. us as well. I absolutely do. So so I am uh, I am in, uh, in Grand County, Colorado, and I will tell you that um, Colorado itself, setting coors aside colorado itself is just an incredible home for microbreweries but the the town where i am the school superintendent kremlin colorado actually has one of the very few brew stilleries in the in the entire united states so not only is it a brewery but it's also of course you know a place it a pub to grab grab a bite everybody's got that but it also has a distillery attached to it so in this brew distillery you have so many different options and while i don't have uh anything from blue valley spirits tonight which which is the distillery portion and and red does some incredible work i have from the brewery side um and and my boy rick relaford i have his ipa tonight which is the Pump House IPA, comes in at about 6.2 IBUs. It is very citrusy, um, just very mellow. And as an IPA fan, um, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm giving a big shout out to, to my boy Rick and to, uh, and to the brewery right there at Grand Adventure with the Pump House IPA tonight. So that is what I'm bringing to the show tonight. Oh, that, that does look tasty. I, I, I'm super intrigued by the distillery and the brewery. Yeah. We have some really good distilleries here, and we have some good breweries, but we don't have a combo. And I don't know if down right. there it, in Vegas if you have any. Well, Ben, actually, don't we have the combo in Reno at the depot? Well, I don't – I'd have to look because the depot does the distillery, but do they do their own beer? They have beers there that when you look Maybe them up, they, they are the depot. So, um, but yeah, the distillery operation yeah. is definitely the bigger part of it where, you know, yeah, like you go into a place like that and maybe Darren, the, the, your place is probably like this too, where you can go in and like you get a flight of beers, you can get a flight of whiskeys. Yeah, yeah yes. absolutely. Can. So yeah, yeah mm-hmm. the depot in Reno, I've done that before and yes. their white lightning moonshine whiskey is primo. That's good stuff right there. Maybe that's yeah. my problem. It's, yes, as much as I love beer, I love whiskey as much too. And that, mm-hmm. if I'm going there, I'm going to distillery. So, yeah, yeah. maybe yeah. that's the yeah, that's ben, you are not alone right there, my friend. <laughs> yeah, you are not alone. And so, well, we, we'll be talking about some whiskey in a future episode because yeah. we've got a guest coming up at one point that actually messaged us ahead of time and said, instead of beer, can I drink, in exact words, a wee dram of whiskey instead? Oh, absolutely, you can do that. Okay, that's a whole other story. So, yeah, absolutely. So, wow, can well, you so, loop me back in on that one? Because I'm in on that yeah. episode. That sounds like a blast. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. it, it sounds like he wants to have you host that one from Nine Fine Irishmen right there in Las Vegas. So, oh, that um, that that'd be all right. But um, McMullen's Irish Pub is actually uh, one that Ooh, I that's a good place that I too. like as well. So. Yes. Uh, plate of Irish nachos and uh, their whiskey sampler that is called uh, Bit of Whiskey, which is yep. uh, very, very nice. So, well, nice. Darren, thanks again for joining us yes. and uh, taking some time out of your very busy schedule as a school superintendent and amongst other things. So that being said, tell us a little bit about yourself, your journey through education, how you got to where you are now, and then we will let this conversation blossom from there because I already have a hundred thousand questions. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Yeah. So, so guys, I'm excited to be on here. I really am. And, and, and honestly, we could just sit and talk beer like full time, but, but you know, it, there is, there is the EDU part on here too. And, and we definitely should hit that. So right. um, yeah. So 
I, I am. I, I'm, a, I'm a school superintendent in uh, the northwestern part of Colorado, a small town called Kremling, which, um, as I was telling you guys before we came on live, uh, for, for people to just kind of get a context, um, three of the places everybody knows about Colorado are Breckenridge, Steamboat Springs, and Winter Park. And if you draw a triangle with those three of the, as the vertices, I'm right in the center of all of that. So, so right in the heart of ski country. Um, I, my house is a, like a five minute walk from the, the headwaters of the Colorado river. Um, just a beautiful, beautiful place to be. Um, before, before coming here, this is my fourth year as a superintendent. Um, I was a high school principal for a long time in Southwest Wyoming. I'm a Wyoming kid through and through, uh, but actually my, my classroom teaching experience, I spent 11 years in the classroom. I was head basketball coach, uh, tennis coach and taught science. Um, not far actually, um, Kyle, from where you are, uh, just on the other side of Hoover Dam in Kingman, Arizona. And so, you know, got some experiences in a lot of different places and, you know, just along the way, um, pull all of those together. And, and that's what led to, that's what led to the book. That's what, what led to honestly getting, you know, getting the doctorate degree and, uh, now all the other stuff I do too, the, the consulting and the, and, and the speaking and, and now publishing. So, um, just, I don't know, I guess I don't like to have downtime. So that's, that's me. So that time that you were in Kingman may have aligned with um, my first principal, the principal that gave me my first job, left halfway through my first year teaching to become the superintendent in Kingman. It was a gentleman by the name of Roger Jacks. Does that ring a bell? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I know Roger Jacks. And so, so Roger actually came in and was the assistant superintendent my last year or last two years when I was in, when I was in Kingman. Um, he was the assistant superintendent under another n another person who had come from uh, Clark County School District as well, um, but but just yeah, I think my last two years that I was there. So so yeah, and then R Roger was superintendent in Kingman, I think until maybe just two or three years ago he finally retired. Yeah, that I mean he was an incredible guy, and uh, mm -hmm. I mean just that short time, that six months or so that I had the opportunity to work with him was I just. That was 16 years ago, and I, I still remember him very fondly. I mean, mostly because he's the first first person to uh, take a chance. I mean, give me a job and everything. I was very disappointed when he left, but um, so that just shows you what a small world it is, though. That uh, yeah. our circles are, you know, we're we're speaking really for the first time tonight, and I mean, we're just I, realizing just how small these circles are and how how tight they are right now, just from little things like that. So, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, you you say that, and so so that leads that leads me to, and and I know I'm the guest and not the interviewer, but I got to ask Ben, you know, as as a principal, there have to have been those times where you're doing like like an interview or you're checking references, and and you're coming across somebody, you're like, oh yeah, I know that person. I'm just going to call that person instead oh. because it is incredible how small the education universe is. Well, yeah, and it's well, in my district, it's definitely not as big as Kyle's, but I mean, we're 6,500 kids. And, and I, we joke, like when you, when you read my resume and I, I joked about this when I was interviewing for jobs, I'm like, yes, it reads like I can't hold a job. Cause I'm in my 12th school. I've done, I've taught kinder through sixth grade. I was an instructional coach. Um, I was a district level co uh, instructional coach. I've done, you know, uh, Dean AP, those kind of things. And it's, you're right. I mean, even in my district, it's like, Oh, that's your person. No problem. <laughs> I'll call yeah. them. But and it's the same thing, like especially with doing this. And Kyle, we we cr we cross paths with people that are down in Vegas that we know that are in Reno or in Carson. And then also, I think, like you're saying, Darren, you'd, the education world is is a large world. But I think because of this and what we do, especially you know with podcasts and stuff like that, yeah, there's mm -hmm. there's we've I've had people reach out to me to come and interview for positions in Reno that I am connected with in Twitter, which is, I think is, that's kind of the cool thing about it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think uh, part of the, when I moved to Reno, Ben, you were very helpful to me in getting my name out there. And mm -hmm. then I had connections in the Las Vegas area right. to people up North as well, that was able to put in word for me and, and, and put some different things on my radar too. And then, like you said, Twitter and social media and whatnot, I, I now, you could pretty much go anywhere, I think, right. because you just you have these connections online with people where right now, if I'm looking at, say, 
moving to Denver, Colorado or something, Darren, I could probably call you and say, Hey, you know anybody there? And I got your I'm sure you've got yeah. some sort of circle of people there. <laughs> right. So no, it's uh, it's just, it's incredible how small the world yeah. is now because of things like that. Well, and and so Darren, yeah. I have a question for you at, at your level, at really at that superintendent level, do you find that's even even more like like because there's not, I mean, like I have one superintendent in my district. Kyle has one in his district. There's not there's a lot of superintendents, but not as many as there are principals. Right. Oh, no, that's absolutely true. And, you know, I mean, go back to my time as a high school principal and, right. you know, still those connections that, that I built, you know, through that time. And, and I was, I was actually the, the state rep for, for Wyoming for the secondary school principal association. So, okay. I mean, I, I got to know principals all over the country. Uh, uh, there was one year I was blessed enough to be the, the state principal of the year. And again, a whole nother layer, you know, a network of, of people um, just 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 by being, you know, in the right place at the right time. And right. then as a superintendent, you know, in Colorado, there's 178 school districts. Yeah, I don't know okay. all 178 superintendents, right. but I know a lot of them. And right. and and yeah, absolutely. I mean, you just every time you have conversations just like we're having right now. Um, there's just this whole additional layer, you know, and, and you guys keep pulling up, uh, you know, comments here from from Kristen Nan. Yeah. Um, Kristen and I were, were going back and forth on a Voxer chat just before this show. And, you know, and, and Kristen's, you know, in just northwest of, of uh, Pittsburgh. So, right. you know, there's there's probably nowhere that the three of us could go that we wouldn't, you know, kind of like that six degrees of Kevin Bacon, but but it's like three degrees of education. You know, you just mm -hmm. it, it's, it's very easy to make those connections. Well, and I wonder, like, especially we've talked about it on this show, I wonder about like now with everyone's current situation with COVID and whether your school is distance or hybrid or, or fully back. I, I imagine like now it's even more important because everybody's doing this. <laughs> it's like yeah. everybody's got us. Everybody's reaching out going, how are you doing this? How are you like, how, how's this working for you? I mean, are you finding that with your colleagues, too? Oh, without question. Yeah. I mean, you know, we. Not just not just in state, but but all over the country. You know, just reaching out to people. Uh, we're we're a very small rural district, and we've been in person since August. But that doesn't mean that we can't learn from you know from other from other folks. And you know, I participate um, every Tuesday morning in a in a mastermind group that we we just share what are you struggling with, and and you know what's going well and what's not going well, and and that group just continues to grow and grow and grow. And you know, you just you have these opportunities to ask people, um, well, perfect example. So right out of that group, um, I reached out um, to my group on, on Tuesday morning and just said, you know, Hey, you know, we've got some kids, you know, again, we're, we're in person, but we also offered a, a distance learning option. And like everybody who did that, we had a group of kids who did not engage in the fall, you know? And so now here are these kids who have come back and, and, and this, what, what triggered this conversation was a high school kid, but this is true, whether it's K through 12, right. but, a, but a high school kid who's dropping into ninth grade algebra, algebra one, second semester, who did nothing first semester, algebra one, right. you know, kids not ready. And so we're like, okay, you know, jump to the pyramid of interventions. What do we do? And I just reached out and spent, spent about an hour today with, uh, with a gal, a, a lady named Sari McKeon, who's a rock star educator on Long Island because of those connections, you know, she and my instructional coach and I were able to spend an hour today, just, you know, kind of, kind of banging away at that, you wow. know, at that pyramid of interventions, you know, what do we do? What's successful for you? You know, what's, what's an option for us. So yeah, those, those connections are priceless, man. Well, and that's, that's so funny that you said that. I, I just had a conversation with a couple of my teachers because we're, we're the exact same. We're, we're in person, but I have kids that have opted for DL. So I'm a K-5. Mm -hmm. And so we, we were talking about like, it's almost like my teachers have figured it out. They're like, it's like a six week lag when we get a kid from DL, even though they're getting good instruction on DL. <laughs> they're like, oh my God, they got to like catch up and we're, we're seeing it also at the high school level especially at the high school level and in fact we're i'm on a district committee where we're, we're looking at all our kids coming back next year and we're like how are we going to address that issue 
So, I mean, it's, I'll have to, as I've always joked, I'm all, I do this show just to steal people's ideas. That's really my main yeah. thing. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go back and figure out who that person is. And I'm going to, I want to message her. Cause I think that's the, that's the power of, of that network. It's like, what are Absolutely. people doing? Yeah. Yeah. It makes a big difference. Well, and I haven't been in a classroom since last March. I am still 100% distance. And Ben and I have talked about this before, about how in the future, when things, quote unquote, return to normal, there's going to be those kids that are out there that mm -hmm. were successful in this model, right. and mm -hmm. they're going to want to continue that model. And I think it's important that schools realize that. And I know the school that I'm at, we're already in discussion with creating some sort of online academy that not only allows those students to continue that online education, but at the same time, allows them to still be students of the school. And when I say that, I mean like, they're still able to come to school to participate in sports or take those classes that you just, they're just not good classes for online, like your band and your theater classes and whatnot, that the kids art are, classes. yeah, those art classes. And, mm -hmm. and then classes like, you know, your CTE type courses, like your auto shop and your construction trade courses and whatnot. So the kids will still be able to come and do those. They only may be on campus for two hours every two days and doing the rest of it online. And I'm very fortunate. I'm in a school that we're already in that discussion because my principal is saying she's anticipating maybe upwards of 20% of kids wanting to stay. And and that's a lot because my school, uh, we're actually looking at possibly being the largest school in the state of Nevada with over 3,500 students next year. That's the pro that's the projection right now. So my school alone is going to be bigger than all every district except for Washoe County, pretty much. <laughs> so just yeah. just in, it's, it's a another school. beast. That is a yeah. whole other beast down there. <laughs> and I can't even tell you what, what yeah. it's like being in the school and the kids are there because I actually haven't set foot in that school with students <laughs> right. in it yet because this is my first year at that school. Right. But I worked at a school 10 years ago where we had 3,200 kids in a similar size mm -hmm. school, and uh, it's it's daunting. <laughs> so it, well, it, And I think that's a great point, though, Kyle. I mean, there are kids. This works for them, and I think we have to have like like an option. For those kids and i tell i tell my teachers all the time i'm like you will never go back to before march 2020 it's just not going to happen it's not going to look like that and and it shouldn't look like that because we should take what we learned doing this and let's keep it going and i i mean darren are you are you feeling something similar in your district mm -hmm. oh without question i mean i you know i think there's um uh, there, there's hundreds of people who say it, you know, and I'm, I'm sure I'm guilty of saying it a few times too. You know, you never waste a good crisis. And, you know, there's, there's some good things that absolutely have come of this. Um, you know, as, as a collective group in our district, we, we jumped right in and, and really, you know, dove in head first with, with some blended learning work and, and, and say, you know, Hey, let's, let's really dive into uh, some book study around this. Let's, let's look at, not just the technology side, but how do we take those quality instructional strategies that we're doing now and and connect them, you know, to uh, to the technology stuff? And I think we've done some really good things. I think, you know, um, you know, Kylie makes some good points with um, with just not letting those letting some of those great things go. You know, um, I, I think I think it's important that we're we're really really mindful of just like putting a pin in those things that have been good um and 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 being comfortable with letting go of the things that weren't good that's going to be the biggest challenge though right is you know we're we want like then like you were saying i mean we're never going to go back to quote normal you know with with uh with with going back to normal that means we let go of the things that that were successful from this it's just really tough to to get people right now in the midst of this ongoing whatever you want to call it um you know pandemic crisis challenging time whatever you want to say it's just really difficult to get people to want to kind of set those things over and say hey let's not lose this you know i think that's where um like like kristen's comment about you know we all have to be in this discussion when when we start to really truly move forward we have to be have to be willing to say, hey, 
what has gone good for us. Um, when, when we think about, you know, those kids, you know, like Kyle was talking about those kids who've been successful, right. what were those things that, that caused that, you know, and, mm-hmm. and what do we do to help those kids move forward? I'm, I'm sure, you know, Kyle, you guys have kids that, that have been successful and been able to, to go and work and be able to, you know, get some, mm-hmm. get some quality work experience. And why would we not want to capitalize on that? Right. Mm-hmm. And we, we were in the midst of, of launching a really high quality that we, we, we were able to, uh, to gain a, gain a grant just right before all of this started um, with some real high quality work-based experience for our kids where, where we were mm-hmm. getting our high school kids, not just kind of out, but I mean, really out in our community and earning credit through work-based experience. that was truly, truly important to them. So we have to be able to capitalize on that. Those are the things that I think are, are going to be real crucial for us. And, and I can ramble on this forever. I really can. So, you know, I don't know. No, I think I mean, yeah. run with it, that because I, I could just keep talking about this because <laughs> it is it's so exciting. All the great things that have happened. Well, and I, yeah, we've talked about that. It's like, it's like, I think, I feel like a lot of us and, and, and we're all involved in different groups. So through, through social media, Voxer groups and things, we're all talking about this change that has to come in, in education. And I've joked, I'm like, we'll get, everybody got pushed in the deep end now because this is it. So let's figure this out. And then let's, at the same time, we've got to acknowledge what didn't work because there are kids that, that I worry about with, with the, the inequities of access to technology. Um, you know, those kids, I think about those high school kids that like they're working not not for money to go and hang out with their friends. They're working because they got to help pay, their parents pay the bills. So how do we how do we help them not lose sight of of that walking across that stage? You know whether they go to college, whether they do a trade, whatever. They how do we make sure they still have that access? And maybe it isn't come to school from eight to three. Maybe it's guess what? We're gonna rethink how we do high school. I mean I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's that what that be, online that could be one of the biggest wins, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, that's part of the discussion that I've been having uh, with various uh, colleagues about the whole thing is that where the online academy is designed, where it's flexible, where if the kid wants to wake up early and do it, great. If not, mm-hmm. they go to work or something like that. They come back home and they do it later on. So there, there's been talk for years about schools building like flexible schedules where you have a group of kids that would have the quote unquote normal time of say 7.30 to 2.30, you know, but then they also have a starting block that comes in at like 11.30 and goes till 6.30 or something. And the problem with that is the teachers, a lot of teachers aren't going to want to work in that later block. I mean, there's gonna be a handful of say, oh yeah, sign me up. I can sleep in a little bit. Sweet. But anybody with a family like myself, that's not something that's feasible for me, Mm -hmm. but if you're in an online environment, it, it makes the work hours for educators right. flexible, but at the same time, still stable enough to where it's mm-hmm. not completely different. Whereas if you were trying to do that all that flexible schedule in person and then the the benefit, the, the main benefit, though, is that ability for kids to do what they have to do on their time so they can still take care of their family if they have to work, things of that nature. Now, if we could wave a wand and kids wouldn't have to worry about that at all. That'd be the ideal thing. But unfortunately, that's not the case. Mm-hmm. No, but, you know, Kyle, you're, what you're getting at, um, for us up in, you know, in a very rural area where, you know, some of the some of the things that we want to get our kids involved in and, and get them in, you know, work-based experiences could be 45 minutes away, you know, mm-hmm. a, a little bit different than, than being in Metro Las Vegas. Um, but, for us, you know, we were already starting to work through what does it look like for a kid who goes to school in, in Kremlin that's 45 to an hour, 45 minutes to an hour away from Winter Park Resort. But if we, we can get them an internship at Winter Park Resort and when they get there, they do, you know, they do their hour, two, three hours of, mm-hmm. of internship. But then everything else they do, we set up with winter park resort just as an example where they're doing their distance learning right there the technology is there why why do they have to be physically in the school Mm -hmm. you know there's there are and i guarantee in both both reno and vegas i know this is true you know even here in in grand county 
there are so many places that are like these these working co-op spaces mm-hmm. where you know where people can just you need a little office space to work you go there for a little while mm-hmm. we we can do that with a lot of our business partners so you know when we're talking about high school age kids that that gives us just so many great opportunities and, and those are the things that will come out of this that man we've got to seize on that and I, I cannot think of a more motivating thing for for a high school kid to be like if you're you want that work experience and then at the same time you can still do your school you're not stressed about okay i'm gonna drive an hour then i'm gonna drive yeah. back and then on the way i'm like ah, i'd rather go get something to eat. you know it, i can see I, that just eliminates some of that <laughs> maybe i'm just speaking for myself as a high school kid but <laughs> well and another layer of this too is thinking about schools and districts working together to offer courses that couldn't be offered previously because there wasn't the interest. So especially, and I'm always in the high school mindset because that's where my entire career for the most part has been. But thinking about some of the like AP courses where even in a school of say 3000, 12 kids sign up for it. So there's, there's no justification to offer that course as a result. But now you get one school that says, well, I've got eight kids. I want to take this AP course. And then a school three miles away says, well, I've got four more. Then you get, so now you've got all these different schools that have this. They're not able to offer it themselves. Have one teacher that works at one of those schools, teach it online. And then every kid from each one of those schools that wants to take that course can do so. So that that's just another benefit of the whole online approach in my opinion yeah there's just the sky's the limit for us i mean you know it it doesn't even have to be you know a school that's that's five miles away why why can't it be a school that's 500 miles away you know i mean seriously i mean you know if 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 i have a kid here in you know in grand county colorado who is interested in something like let's say um cinema you know or or mm-hmm. or theater um like, like theater production and there's a really strong program in in somewhere in nevada mm-hmm. why why can't we share the kid why why isn't there a way that we can you know or at least give the kid that experience you know and right. you know we can't we can't assume that just because a kid is you know in in a certain location that they don't have that interest uh, you know i i was was on on a Zoom call with uh, a former student of mine when when I was a high school principal in, in Wyoming, who is an actress in in Hollywood. You wow. know, she she certainly didn't get that opportunity, you know, to to connect with you know with, right. with somebody you know related to that career as a result of that. But man, right now we really have the opportunity to do those kinds of things. You know, it's just it's it's about using the networks like like we have right now. Mm-hmm to just make those connections. Yeah, I, I would totally agree. I think there's there's this this boundaries of schools and districts and even now like you said states. I mean, let's figure out a way for kids. I mean, kids are kids are doing college kids are doing college. I mean, my daughter is going to school in New York downstairs in my house. So, I mean, that's yeah. That that's I mean, good or bad, we'll say, but um I mean, there's these opportunities for kids. So, okay. So not only you've got this, I mean, superintendent, you've got a ton on your plate. I cannot even imagine. You've also written a book and I'm super excited to hear about this because the title alone might be my favorite title because, because this is like, this is my word. Like I tell my kids every day, I'm like, have you been awesome? Were you awesome today? So tell us about your book. What's the title? How did it come about? Yeah, so so the book is titled Road to Awesome, and uh, it's honestly it's it's about my leadership journey. Um, and uh, what I, what I really do is I just kind of lay out what what to me I think are the six most important things in school leadership. And and when I say that, I say that very seriously. It's what I think. It, it's mm-hmm. not what I think is the six most important things for other people. I mean, I'm very very clear throughout the book that. You know, these are the things that that I I would go, I would go stand on the balcony and look. I still do, you know, go go stand on the balcony and look down. You know, kind of that ten thousand foot view of 
how am I doing in these six areas? Because I, mm. to me, I value these. These are the things I have to do well. Um, but but there's very much a call to action in the book of, you know, for for anybody who is 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 in any kind of a leadership role. What are what are you doing? You know, what are your? And it doesn't have to be six. That just happens to be my number. Mm-hmm. What are, what are the things that are important to you? And, and you know, to me. To me, you know, great leaders are going to be very, very clear on what their values are and what, you know, what what their vision is and how they align that with their school. They're going to be real clear about building positive school culture. They're going to empower their teachers. They're going to empower their kids. You know, they're going to uh, ensure that they are coaching and growing others and not just simply, you know, evaluating and coaching people out. And most importantly, I, we have to tell our story. We have to tell our story. And so it, it's, it's a whole bunch of stories from throughout my career that underline those, those six things for me. And, and I think um, every one of us has a story within us. And I just was you know, given an opportunity to tell, to tell my story. Yeah, and the the whole process of the book writing is something that, as as an author myself, I, I know is it was fun, but there was the tedious parts as well. So, what was the what was the biggest struggle for you? But what was the most rewarding part of that process for you? You know, that's that's such a great question. Um, so, I, I completed my doctorate degree in May of two thousand seventeen, and I remember, you know, after defending my my dissertation, I'm like. I am never writing a thing again, ever. I was going to say, because you basically never, already wrote a book with the dissertation. Uh, right, I know. You know and, and, uh, and yet somehow, you know, within six months, I was like, I want to write a book. And I knew I wanted to write a book about leadership. Um, that is, leadership is my biggest passion. I, I just, I'm, I'm so intrigued about anything connected to leadership development um, you know, leadership experiences. I mean, just everything I can do to, to learn about leaders. And I just, I had like, I don't even know, maybe 25 start and stop versions of this book. You know, I, I was putting together this like, hey, you know, here's this formula. And I'm like, nah, that's stupid, man. I mean, that's, there's so many books that that have been written that are like, oh, if you just do this, you'll be, oh, come on, man. That's not what it's about. And I was fortunate to, you know, to have some really, really good friends that that have been successful in both leadership and in writing books. And and they just told me, you know, they're like, hey, Darren, just just tell your stories. And that's what people want. That's what people want to read. You know, and and you know, if you connect your stories to what you're trying to bring forward, that's that's what it's all about. And so as as I went through that process and really started to connect the stories with, with what, what I wanted to, what I wanted to really share with the world. It, it just, it just started to flow. And, and that's where, that's where the book came from. Um, you know, you, you asked, uh, you know, Ben, you know, just kind of the whole, the whole connection to awesome. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> there's a very unique story behind road to awesome. Um, many, many years ago, I was presenting at a conference and I asked, uh, somebody who is a new teacher to, to my building, who uh, has become a very close friend, um, is, is another, you know, really uh, well-connected guy in education, a gentleman named Bradley B. Skinner. If, if people don't follow Bradley Skinner, they absolutely should. Um, not just because he looks exactly like Tony Stark, but because he's a brilliant <laughs> educator. But uh, um, he actually goes by DJ Phony Stark. But uh, so <laughs> nice. Bradley and I, yeah, Bradley and I were getting ready to present at this conference, and we had put this piece in our in our um, in our presentation, and it was uh, Kid President. I'm sure you guys you know, have seen Kid President before. And there's this little part where he quotes Robert Frost's poem, you know, "The Road Not Taken," and he's like, "Hey, you know, two roads diverge in the wood, you know, and blah blah blah." And it hurt, man. And he does this whole thing, but then he says, "What if there really are two roads?" I want to be in the one that leads to awesome. And, and that's like, bang, that's where, that's where it all like was coined, you know, and there, there were a lot of events that, that led up to that point, but that's kind of where that name came from. And, and it just stuck and it became a mantra for our school and it became, 
you know, a, a mantra for me. And, and now it's honestly not just the title of my book. I mean, it's the name of my LLC and my publishing company. And I mean, just Roe Dawson is, is just who I am now. Though that's no, I, 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 that is, that is so funny because that is like, and, and I, I will full disclosure, like I, I'm a huge Jimmy Castles fan. I think Culturize is probably yeah. one of the greatest books. Looks yeah, yeah. um, awesome. Every, and I bought one for all my staff this year because I felt like, you know, we were we were on a good path last year, but then I felt that this year we needed a reset. I said, you know what we're doing this year? We're building culture because the culture got broken when when kids stopped coming to school. And so I think that was his whole thing is like, are you know, are you an awesomeizer or are you an awfulizer? And I think, you know, you have yeah. to just and I talk to kids and I, you know, being awesome looks different for every kid. Like in every day, you just try to do that. And I, I know people are like, oh, that word's played out. It gets used. No, it's not. Because it's just. It's, no, it's not. So, no, I'm, I, I am like, like, I literally, and I'm not like, I'm not kissing up to the guests, but I literally have it on my other computer, your book. And I'm like, oh, when we're done, I'm going to buy this book. Because I'm super intrigued. Because I also, yeah. well, like you, I, I am fascinated by people's leadership journeys. And not just in education, mm-hmm. but I think that's that's one of the things I always wonder is like, what, what led you to this point? Like, what were those, who were those people that, you know, we all have those people. And I, I guess that would be my question, Darren, like who was that yeah. person for you that said, Hey man, you should, you're, you're, you're teaching, but you need to do this. Yeah. You know, and, and, and this, this, this comes straight out of my book and I'll, I'll tell you, and in fact, I'll even, I can, I can show you right here. Um, <laughs> So the very first principle, you know, um, Kyle, this goes right what what you were just talking about with with uh, Roger Jackson a little while ago, um, and in the exact same district. So so King, Kingman uh, Kingman Unified School District, the principal that hired me is a lady named Betsy Parker, and you know this was 26 years ago. Um, I was blessed to work uh, with her at, at Kingman Junior High, and in my second year as uh, as a, as classroom teacher, um, two things happened. Um, one, Betsy called me that summer and she's like, Hey, you know, we're, we're working on recruiting some teachers. Will you come down? I've got the list from the university of Wyoming where, where I graduated. She's like, Hey, you know, w- would you make a few phone calls? Let's, let's see if you know any of these people. We, you know, we'd love to bring more Wyoming people down here to Arizona. And I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. You know, I'd be happy to do that. And, you know, cool. You know, that, that's exciting. And I remember later in the day, you know, Betsy having a conversation with me and, and she said, you know, um, you really should think about going into educational leadership. And I, I'm like, I'm going into my second year of teaching. I'm like, what? You know, <laughs> are you kidding me? Um, and, and I'll be honest with you. I've had that conversation with dozens and dozens of teachers since. And, and it's because of that conversation. But I, I swear to you guys, I mean, it's like the first time leadership and my name were ever used in the same sense. I mean, I don't even think I was like the line leader in elementary school. I mean, like, like I never thought about leadership and myself like together. And and Betsy, Betsy really ignited that fire for me. And th- this is this is an, another another little piece that's in the book, and it just happens to be right here on my desk where we're talking. But um, one of the things that I feel real strongly about as a leader, and and you're talking, you know, Ben, about building culture. Um, one of the things I do constantly with my staff, uh, I don't lead from my desk. I lead from, from out and about, I'm a school superintendent and I've worked for superintendents that I didn't see for months. My staff sees me every day. I mean, that's just the bottom line. You know, I don't even call them staff. I call them staffily because staff and faculty should never be separated. They are all equal. They all have an equal impact on the life of a kid. And when I, when I go back to that second year, there was a point in time, um, my, my principal, Betsy Parker, went around and she gave us all a handwritten note, but she hid it, you know, and it was one of those, let's see when they find it. And right here on my desk, there is this wooden box that used to sit on my desk as a classroom teacher. And my grandfather made this box for me. It means, it means the world to me. But inside of this is a note that Betsy wrote for me. 25 years ago that is uh, and you guys can't you can't quite see it just because of the way the light is hitting it 
but it's it, it's a personal note from Betsy from 25 years ago, and it sits right here on my desk, and it always will. And you know, when you have people in your life who who care about you and love you and make you part of their family, that's building culture. That's that is road to awesome leadership. That's what it's about. And, you know, that's another thing. You pull my string on this one. I can talk for hours and hours and hours about this. But that that was the moment for me, you know, 25 years ago. And, you know, I, I will forever love Betsy and, and forever consider her one of my greatest mentors because of just those two moments. I wrote a similar piece in my book uh, about Glenda Getting and Tina Statuki, who were principal and assistant principal at one of the schools I worked at that told me that they thought that I should go into educational leadership myself. And uh, I did for a short time. It, it didn't work out, uh, the situation I was in. It wasn't the right time. There was, there was a lot of factors. Uh, so I did return to the classroom, but I have not ruled out a return someday in some shape or form, whether that's at the school level or at a district level. But I'm sure Ben, same thing for you. You've probably got that one oh. person or a couple people, same deal. Oh yeah. I mean, I have, you know, I started my education career as a custodian and my principal at the school, I was going to be a high school English teacher. And he's like, what's your plan? And I'm like, well, I want to go teach high school because I want to coach, you know, track and baseball and he's like okay he coached football at the high school but then taught elementary and he goes let me explain this he goes this is what you do you teach elementary because kids love you and are super excited and then you coach in high school because they love you and you're super excited <laughs> and i'm like oh that's a really good idea and then i went home and told my wife hey i'm switching my major <laughs> she was like what what we have two little kids at home but no, and it was like that. I had that. And the funny thing, Darren, and I, when you're talking about being from Wyoming, I worked for a principal who I worked with. Uh, my wife and I both taught together. We team taught and he was our AP. Uh, he went to a school, took me with him. Uh, and then he actually became a turnaround principal, took me with him. And then he was the one who was like, oh, okay, your time is now. It's time for you to go and do this. I mean, you know, grew up in Wyoming. So he had that kind of, I, I loved I took a lot from that, you know, I was joking my kids about like, it's fine. It's not snowing that hard. You know, one's here going to melt. Well, it's called Wyoming tough. Come on. That's right. I know some guy. Yeah. So yeah, no, and that's, yeah, we, you're right. I mean, and he was, he was the same kind of thing where it was like, you have that person that sees something. And I think good leaders, mm -hmm. you know, I've had conversations with teachers where I say, you know, my job, I mean, I, I love having you here. But at some point, I'm going to say it's time for you to, to spread your wings and, and share your gift with somebody. You know, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't push you maybe a little uncomfortably sometimes to because I see, you know, because people see it in them and they'll bring it to my attention or, or they'll say it to them. So. No, you're you are 100 percent right, Ben. I mean, there's there are those times where, you know, our role as leaders is isn't just simply to you know to grow our teachers so we're growing our kids but it's also to grow them for what's next for them i mean and you know i had a very similar conversation honestly with, with one of my school leaders uh not long ago and you know i think she's an absolute rock star she just continues to grow and improve and i'm like you know at a point in time you need to find a bigger pond kid i mean you know you what what you're doing is brilliant, but if I'm not doing my job right, you know, I'm just going to keep you here. My, my my goal is I don't want to lose you, but my goal is to move you to that next role because you have have that skill set, and that that's one of my one of my bigger passions too is just to grow leaders. I mean, you know, as as a high school principal, I had assistant principals, and just watching them grow. I mean, one of them is a superintendent. One of them is an assistant superintendent. There are several that are building principles. And if, if as leaders, we're doing our job right, people will leave. Mm -hmm. They should leave to go take that next step. Right. I, I, no, I just had this conversation with my wife, who is 
you know, is also a, um, a huge factor in where I am at now. I mean, she is a, she's currently in our district, she's what's called an, um, an area superintendent. So she has multiple high school feeder schools. And so, um, we were just talking about there are people that we've worked with where you look back and you go the principal of this school, and then you count back and you look how many people came from out of that school and then are now in all these leadership positions. And you're like, Whoa, like that one person for had that thing that created this larger network. That's a legacy to me. That's like a person who's, yeah. you know, that's, that's kind of the, yeah. Absolutely. Well, I mean, you know, if you follow whether it's college basketball, college football, mm-hmm. um, professional, professional athletics, whatever it is, um, you know, it's that coaching tree. It's 100% that coaching tree, you know, and, and if you are really doing a great job, you're inspiring them to want to, to, to get to the level and go beyond what you're doing. You know, I mean, that's, that's what it's all about. And, you know, you look at a, you know, a coaching tree, like, Bobby Knight's coaching tree mm-hmm. spawned Mike Shashevsky. Right. Uh, there are many, many others, but just right. simply that alone, two of the greatest mm-hmm. basketball coaches in the history of the game on that one tree, right. you know, uh, the Bill Belichick coaching tree. I mean, right. just on and on and on. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I could, I could chase that forever, but, but the point is it's, it is, it's, it's absolutely about as a leader if you are sharing your passion and your fire and you're inspiring others to be clear about what's important to them and how they can carry that forward into the world, how does it get better than that? Now, Darren, you mentioned talking about sharing your story and everything, and you've done that with the book and well, and here tonight as well, but you've actually snowballed that into a publishing company as well. So you're allowing others to share their story yeah. as well. Yeah, that, uh, that was something that, that wasn't necessarily like in the plan, but, but has, has definitely spawned, uh, and grown some legs very quickly. And, um, yeah, so the, the road to awesome itself, you know, certainly, you know, certainly it's a book and, and, you know, in my, you know, my, my own personal, my own personal moniker, but, um, as a as an LLC, it started, you know, with with my keynote speaking and and with the consulting. And yeah, in in December, we decided, you know what, I, I'm so passionate about about lifting educators' voices up. Let's let's give more educators an opportunity to tell their story. I mean, let's let's be honest. Every single one of us has a story to tell, and every single one of those stories is of value. And there are some incredible publishers that are out there. My, my book is published under Codebreaker. Um, you know, um, you know, Kyle, you, you're under Edge and Match, both brilliant publishers, fantastic publishers. The, you know, it all really talk about a coaching tree. It all starts with the DBC coaching tree. Um, you know, just some brilliant, brilliant work. I just want to provide that additional space for people. You know, there's, um, there's some, some incredible stories. And as soon as we pushed, pushed out that we were going to do this and, and in a way we're a branch of Codebreaker, um, but very much our own entity. Um, it's, uh, it's been incredible the number of stories that have come our way. And uh, right now I think we have nine authors under contract. Um, I think we have three contract offers out um, in, in just, you know, two and a half months. Um, it's, it's grown very quickly. Um, I, I know uh, one of the guys that was on here earlier watching us live. I, I saw him pop up in the con uh, in the uh, uh, in the comments. John Van Dusen. We have uh, his book, Lesson One, coming out uh, relatively mm-hmm. soon. Um, John John has an incredible concept and an incredible story. Um, you know, not not very many people have been you know a, a commander, right? Boots yeah. on the ground in Afghanistan. And then gone on to be, you know, both a classroom teacher and, and a coach and just an unbelievably passionate leader. So um, just just one simple example of, of some of the stories that we get to share. Yeah, John's story is is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I know that story from experience uh, as one of his best friends. Uh, so when 
before we started recording this, I said, "Are you are you the Darren that's working with John?" He's like, "Wait a minute, you know John?" So yeah, yeah So yeah. Man, I can tell you, I can tell you some stories about John that probably won't end up in that book. So and probably are a little bit too hot well, for this microphone too. So, yeah. but uh, you know, there, there's a possibility they might turn up in John's book. You know? <laughs> they might, knowing there's, him, they just there's some might great act. stuff in there. But uh, no, but, that's yeah. That that was a uh, you know that was one of those things that. Um, you know, that comes back to the relationship piece. You know, my, my relationship with, uh, with Brian Aspinall with, with Codebreaker, Brian knows what some of my long-term aspirations are. And, um, as my publisher, he didn't just simply say, Hey, let's push a book out. I want to get to know you want to build a relationship and, and, and know what you want to do. And, um, just like Betsy was a great mentor for me, you know, as, as my principal and, and there are a couple others along the way, um, Brian very much in this same place. And he reached out to me one day and said, you know, Hey, I think you have an opportunity right now. And I think you need to jump on this and let me, let me help you. Let me coach you. Let me support you through this process. And, um, you know, those of us here at Road to Awesome are just, man, we're just like super, super stoked to share people like, like John's story, uh, as, as we go forward. Yeah, Brian uh, with Codebreaker is the Brett Gerwitz of Epitaph to your publishing wing. So I'm sorry, I, I was yeah. got to make some sort of music reference here. So there you uh, go. Like, I like it. Tim Armstrong Rancid with Hellcat Records or something like that. You're, <laughs> there you're you the go. independent yeah. under the independent label. So that's, that's uh, right. Absolutely. No, yeah. that's really cool. Yeah. So no, that's awesome. Yeah. But well, Darren, yeah. where else can people connect with you? Social media, websites, um, where can they find your book? Those kinds of things. Yeah, so so this right here, um, I, I'm better at it when when I'm in charge of it. But yeah, there we go, right there at Darren M. Hubbard, pretty much everywhere, um, all the socials. Um, so Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, heck, I'm even on Clubhouse, Boxer. I mean, everything I do, I have Darren M. Peppered. My website is DarrenMPeppered.com, and then also the road to or uh, road to awesome.com also is the other website. The book, the book you can get, you can get the book a lot of different ways, but but the primary ones, um, Amazon.com and just search search Road to Awesome. But if you would love to have, you know, one of those copies with uh, with my signature in it, and a nice little autographed copy sticker, um, you can order that right off of the Road to Awesome or Darren and Pepper website. Perfect. Well, we can't thank you enough for yeah. spending some time with us here today and sharing your journey and everything. And uh, I definitely need to grab a copy of that and, uh, and check that out as well. Yeah. So Ben, have you, have you bought it already? No, I haven't. I'm paying attention. No, I did have it up because I'm like, oh man. I, <laughs> right on. No, I'm super interested in that story. And like, yeah. I didn't even realize, I just looked up at the clock and I'm like, holy right there. cow. Yeah, I'm like, um, I, like I said, I, I'm like yeah. you, I'm fascinated by how people get to where they are and, and like mm -hmm. what, what it is so i'm excited to check it out so yeah. darren it's it's been amazing having you on. I, like i said i was like just looking i'm like holy cow it's been this we've been we've done 57 oh, minutes wow. already yeah. almost an hour yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know. so and no, it is, you know it's a good one when you this look up and one. see that so nice but so listeners yeah. let's keep the conversation yes. going share some of your thoughts on today's topics email us at info at beeredupodcast.com you can tweet us using Hashtag BeerEduPod at BeerEduPod. Hit us up on Facebook, BeerEduPodcast, all one word. I don't know why they wouldn't let us just do BeerEduPod or BeerEduPodcast, but that's just Facebook. They make their own rules. So we've got our YouTube channel, bit.ly slash BeerEduYouTube. Uh, we are streaming live there tonight and on Facebook. Uh, we are going to be doing our episodes from now on on StreamYard so we can yep. do that. So we would love for you to join our live streams. Uh, so subscribe to our Facebook page and YouTube channel. So you can see when we're going to be doing that. And again, make sure you're following Darren on all of the socials yeah. at Darren M Peppard and then voice message on the anchor app. You can uh, do that. We can put you out on the show there. Leave us a review wherever you listen. So others can find the podcast and Ben, if people want to be on the show, what do they do? Yeah, so if you want to be a guest, just like uh, Darren, you want to talk about your passion, kind of your story, we want to hear it. You want to tell us about beers you like, um, visit our website, beeredupodcast.com. You click on that contact and subscription info link. There is a 
sheet for you to fill out and fill it out. We'll put you in the queue and we would love to have you on. And the other thing I think we need to say is thank you to School Rubric for featuring the BRADU podcast. The mission of School Rubric is to help schools, educators, parents, and students help tell their stories so stakeholders can make the best choice about enrollment and staffing. And you can learn more about School Rubric at schoolrubric.com. And they have a great content for education from around the world. Um, and so this is the part, Darren, love to have you stick around. Kyle is going to, Kyle's going to do his teaching part now. And, <laughs> and I just scrolled through the notes and I'm not even going to try to pronounce what you're going to talk about. So. Well, um, I'm probably going to butcher it as well because my one year of high school French is was <laughs> long enough ago where uh, um, I don't probably get this one. And then even though I do watch a lot of hockey, I don't watch the French feeds on uh, CBC, unfortunately. So. Um, now, this style of beer that I'm going to talk about, it's called yeah. Beer de Garde. That's that's the best uh, pronunciation I think I can get is right. Beer de Garde. It's French. I have no clue what this was beforehand. I had never heard of it. I stumbled upon it when I was going through my badges on Untapped and saw the, saw the badge for this thing. I'm like, wait, what is that? So then I had to, <laughs> I had to do a dive on this. So, so Beer de Garde translates from French to basically beer for keeping so okay. a, a beer that you're going to hold on to so uh the roots of this beer are from the nord pas de calais region of french of france not a french um that's that area that borders the english channel in belgium oh, so like that right. northern part where mm -hmm. that area where the germans thought the allies were going to invade but then right. total misconception and happened in normandy instead um so what this is, this is a beer. It was typically, or still is, typically brewed in the winter or spring okay. because the yeast in the air in the summertime can really mess with this beer a little bit. So typically it's a farmhouse style beer, kind of like the Saisons of Belgium, mm. uh, which Ben, I know you're a big fan of those. I'm a big yep. fan of those styles as well. Yeah. Um, but so I dug a little bit deeper. So I'm like, well, basically, is this a French version of a Saison? Um, but the BJCP, the Beer Judge uh, Style Guide, essentially, this one is more full flavored and it doesn't have the spiciness and tartness that Saison's typically have. Okay. So with a Saison, you typically, you get like that peppery taste to it. Mm -hmm. These ones don't have that apparently. Uh, they're usually kept for a few months to be enjoyed in the summertime. So hence why the name beer to guard or beer for keeping. So, um, so characteristics, they're usually golden copper or reddish in color, uh, light bitterness, about 20 to 30 on the IBU scale. Low ABV, four to five percent. Mm. Uh, you get some flavors of toasted malt, a little bit of sweetness from that. So I can't say I've ever had one, so I can't even give you an example, really. I I was looking at your examples. I have no idea. Yeah. So like because I've never had one, I had to start looking around. Like, well, so where are some breweries that are making these? So Ama Gang in Cooperstown, New York, uh, okay. they're famous for. They did the Game of Thrones series of beers. Oh, okay. So if you ever saw any of those, I've seen them, but I've yeah, they, I had one a few years ago that had like a, a licorice. It was like a licorice stout almost. Oh. It was, it, yeah, it wasn't great. <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of licorice. Oh, so that's, that's a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I got it. Thinking it was going to be like, oh, maybe this is like aged kind of like an old Jägermeister thing or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh. no. No, it was not. Like a Jägermeister you found on the road or what? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> yeah. Right? So, wrong. Uh, and then another brewery um, out of Michigan called Jolly Pumpkin uh, makes a beer to guard, which I've heard a lot of good things about Jolly Pumpkin's beers. Um, and then this brewery in Texas, Jester King, I've been looking to get a hold of these guys yeah. for a while. The I stumbled across a podcast a few years ago, probably five, six years ago, where they interviewed the the head brewer from Jester King, and they do only sours and wild ales. Whoa! So I'm like, I need to get a hold that's, of this. I believe they're a, outside that's of that's a niche. That's a really small. Oh, niche. That is a that <laughs> is a window right there. That is yeah yeah. So, but Jester King apparently makes uh, beer to guards as okay. well, and then. If you have one of your big box beer retailers around and they have the French section, check that section. You, there's several French breweries that export to the United States that you may be able okay. to find some beer to guard. So uh, since I did my research, I have not been out to go and try to find anything. But 
I'm going to try to take a look next time I'm at one of my big box stores. I have something to do this weekend now. There you go. So <laughs> there you, go. You, you can go find a bearded guard and read Darren's book when it comes. There we go. So, yep, exactly. Yeah. Well, Not hey, a lot Darren. of French in my book, but enjoy that. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, that seems like a great combination. There yeah, there go. we go. Well, Darren, thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your story. It was awesome to have you. Oh, thank you guys, man. This this was a lot of fun. I really, really had a good time and and you know, great great to just, you know, just kick back and relax and talk a little bit of beer and talk a little bit of education. And you know, any anytime, anytime I get to learn the stories uh, you know, of, of anybody's education path, it just you know, it just fills my heart. So I really appreciate you guys. I appreciate what you guys are doing and you know, I mean you, you, we, this, you guys got to blow this thing up. I mean, you're talking about beer and education. How does it get better? It just doesn't. <laughs> it, it was the best idea Kyle's ever had. I it, will just say it. I, it's up there. I'm sure it you is. have great ideas, and I'm sure you know. Marrying yeah. your wife, those kind of things. But this was yeah. this was an epic idea. Yeah, we'll rank like that in top five right up there with my there wedding and the birth of my Yeah, I, I think <laughs> I think this is like this is like the green jacket of podcasts and education. I mean, you guys oh. you guys have it figured out. <laughs> this is good. Yeah. Now, nice. Well, well thank, thank you. We appreciate that. We appreciate that, man. So, and listeners, we appreciate you. And then uh, Kristen and John, who jumped on the yes. stream yard and were commenting on Facebook and YouTube, we thank you. So like I said, we're going to be doing these on the YouTube and the Facebook in the future. Yep. So subscribe to those channels. We got episode 98 coming up next. Yep. And until next time, may the malts and the hops be with you. Right on. Right on.